How have you observed or used body language to your own advantage? The most amazing occurrence of body language I've witnessed was a friend back in high school that could control our group of friends. Whenever we were standing in a circle and he wanted to speak, he would simply take a step or two towards the middle. This would cause everyone to quiet down, effectively giving him room to speak uninterrupted. We didn't catch on for a while, but the way he was able to perform it so subtly was amazing. I believe this has to do with personal space and how we instinctively react to an incoming presence. Similar simple ways to control a group. If you're eating dinner and everyone is done and just chatting, simply stand up. People usually follow suit almost unconsciously. Alternately, if you're a group or milling around but should be heading somewhere, just start walking. Generally, everyone will follow. Sometimes I have to tag a friend or two to start walking with me if part of the group is not paying attention, but once you get three or four, the rest tend to follow. Anyone not following due to being engrossed in conversation will soon go, wait, where did everyone else go? And chase after you. I do this a lot at crowded sci-fi and gaming conventions when my group needs to be at a panel or meet up. Next up, we have a rather long story about an individual who seems to have mastered this particular subject matter and used it fully to his own advantage. I once sat next to a guy in my college class that was unreal with things like this. For instance, once before class, while we were waiting outside the room for the professor to arrive, he saw a pretty girl coming down the hall. Immediately, he goes, I'm going to go talk to her, but doesn't move. I'd always known the guy was suave beyond my years, so I'm really curious as to what his icebreaker is going to be and waiting to see this in action. Being a bit unsure of myself in my early college years, this was like Houdini personally giving me a behind-the-scenes look at a magic trick. The girl was very pretty but had sort of a sour look on her face. In my head, I'm like, no pickup line in the world is cracking this iceberg. Then I watch the true master in action. My first mistake was ever assuming he needed an icebreaker in the first place. He didn't simply start a conversation by saying something or anything. He used his body posture to make her start the conversation with him. As nonchalantly as you could get, he pulls out his cell phone and pretends to look down at it. When she's about three feet away from us while still glancing down, he takes a half step in her direction, in her path. In one smooth motion, he looks up, fakes a reaction of... Oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention, as he takes a half step back to make room for her and leans back against the wall. Her, apparently totally sold on his genuine surprised look and repositioning to make room for her. Oh, thank you. Him. Hey, no worries. Traffic these days. Huh. Yeah, is that Professor X's cast accounting class? Uh, yeah, how did you know that? Are you an accounting major? Yeah, I'm an IA2 right now. How majors refer to intermediate accounting too, meaning she was about one semester behind us in the course cycle. Well, you'll do fine if you can handle IA too. It's more difficult than cast accounting is. The trick is to... Oh, really? And the conversational small banter continues. He also told me later he already knew she was an accounting major by recognizing the book she was carrying when he first glanced up from his phone. Don't ask a question you don't already know the answer to in the first conversation, but people like to think they're being informative. This guy was full of these little insights, and how good he was on this bordered on socially manipulative. So yeah, body language is unbelievably powerful for how subtle it is. To answer some of the inquiries I'm getting about this story, I would say he was average looking on the whole, but he certainly knew how to carry himself, and he did dress nice as well. Sitting next to him can also confirm his cologne was on point. So I don't think he had any unnaturally good looks, but good posture, good dress, and a general clean, hygienic appearance will help maximize anybody's potential. And of course, he had that unmistakable aura of natural confidence. You could tell him his car just blew up, and the first thing he'd do was lean to the girl next to him and go, Hey, I need to go car shopping. Wanna come with me?
No, he wasn't even close to being creepy. That's what was so unreal about it. For the first few weeks, that was my thought as well. Nobody's this good without being a serious creep. Or, he does this just to bang chicks. Once again, my mistake. It was never about doing the deed with women. In fact, he never made any kind of comment like that whatsoever. No innuendos, no, bro, this chick is so hot. Nothing. He genuinely wanted to meet and get to know this girl to see if they had any chemistry. That simple. And no, he wasn't really a pickup artist. No, he didn't have any hack to the system. There was no good lines. The guy wasn't trying to teach me anything. Although he ended up teaching me quite a bit. This guy just was. I don't think he could teach it even if he really wanted to. What I learned was merely through observation. The beauty of it was how subtle it was, and I wonder if he even knew all of it consciously, or if it was just ingrained subconsciously. For example, when she first said, Oh, thank you. We were both leaning against the hall wall, and she was passing in front of us. Simple enough. By the time the conversation progressed, we were in more of a triangle-type shape, more inclusive. But I never even saw the fricker move. Don't recall anything of us shifting positions whatsoever. But there we were. And only after going over it in my head a thousand times did I even recognize that it happened, let alone know how it might have made her feel more welcomed. So subtle. But there in the moment, I find it hard to believe that it was part of a calculated endeavor on his part. And I know it wasn't on mine. Like I said, he just was. If I learned one thing from this guy, it would be this. There's a saying in the running world that if you want to be fast, don't try and run fast, try and run easy. And then, when you can run easy, try and run light on your feet. Don't worry, if you can run easy and a light on your feet, you will be fast. Same concept applies. If you want to be good at meeting women, don't try and be good at meeting women. Put some effort into yourself. Dress well, shower, exercise. These things matter. Learn to get to know all kinds of people of both genders because you want to get to know them. And do it till it's easy for you. Don't worry, if you can put some effort into yourself and getting to know people is easy, you will meet women. And there we have it, folks, the man who just apparently lives and breathes this stuff. I'm still not entirely sure he was all that, and maybe the writer of the story is just a little bit infatuated with him themselves, but there we go. To me, the absolutely most important thing I've learned about body language is that it had to be taken into context. What else they're doing, what they're talking about, who they're talking to, where they are, etc. When starting to observe, it's easy to take one gesture or posture or expression and go, Hey, look, crossed arms. That equals defensiveness. Or whatever, but that's only one part of an equation. If body language is an actual language, then crossed arms is just one word. You can't figure out what someone is saying by just looking at one word. You've got to look at the whole sentence. I often catch myself mirroring the actions of people I'm interested in, so I guess that's something. Agreed, it's a circular paradox. I can never work out if I'm mirroring them or they're mirroring me. Either way, it definitely indicates interest. During a job interview, sit in the same posture as your interviewer is sitting in. It gives the impression that you're feeling the same way that they are. I don't think you're right for this job. My thoughts exactly, sir. Both get up and leave. In a quiet room full of people, for example, a classroom, scream as loud as you can in your mind. Anyone that winces is a mind reader. You should watch out for them. Wow, I'm surprised I'd come this far in the thread to get to the important stuff. I just did it, and someone wouldn't stop staring at me for five minutes. Confirmed. Not exactly body language in the traditional sense, but I've sold six or seven houses in my time, and I've always known which viewer would put on an offer by the fact that they, one, used the bathroom, and two, altered something. 
It's held true every time. I stage my houses very carefully, and I know when anything has been moved, or used, or changed, and would tell my husband to expect a call from the agent that evening. My guess is that the folks are subconsciously taking possession, or marking, territory. Ah, yes. Christening the toilet is vital when moving into a new home. Failing that, peeing your initials into the master bedroom carpet is an acceptable substitute. When it comes to nonverbal communication, you don't just like for one particular behavior, you're looking for clusters, and even then, nothing is ever 100% true. Also, you have to take into consideration different cultures have different mores. What's considered acceptable in one culture might not be in another. In a group conversation, people will tend to look at the person they're most comfortable with the most. Self-touching is often a sign a person is nervous or anxious. Lip-biting is often a sign of arousal. Pupil dilation is a sign that a person is excited, and possibly on substances. I think that changes in body language are more significant than anything else. For example, and I've had this pointed out to me, I normally stand with a pretty straight posture, ex-figure skater here. But when I start talking to someone else I think is cute, I quite obviously arch my back and shift my weight entirely onto one hip. This might be a normal posture for someone else, but the shift is what makes it significant. In conclusion, don't trust static body posture. Someone could have just been chilling like that. Watch how their body position changes when you approach. That's possibly a valid hypothesis. I think I definitely shift and shuffle a bit more when I'm anxious or uncomfortable about something or someone, so maybe this post-author knows what they're talking about. Speaking from someone who used to be in car sales, some guys look for the wiggle during test drives. That's shifting in the seat while driving to get more comfortable. Probably something to do with taking mental ownership of the vehicle. Hands in pockets or arms crossed equals defensive. Needs more rapport building before pitching. Some people are so intimidated about walking into a dealership that they prefer to walk the lot after business hours at night. That's fine too. We had a computer programmer so overly stimulated that we recognized that and organized a quiet room for him to sit down and discuss his options. He bought the car and thanked us. Some things like handshakes are culturally specific. I always greeted someone with a firm handshake and look in the eye. Clients from India generally give limp shakes because that's more usual if they shake at all. Chinese and Japanese prefer no bodily contact in business. A quick bow or nod usually suffices. For farmers, whoever speaks first loses. There was a guy who regularly came in to look around and all these sales guys tried to pitch him. He eventually brought from the one guy who kept his mouth shut and ignored him. Not sure how that works. Always know who the boss is. Do not assume it's the man or the woman based on who's talking the most, based on heteronorms. Both parties need to be engaged. Very low chance of a deal without the spouse, regardless of what someone says about being able to make a decision. Work and loss prevention. This one, among many, many others, is almost always true. When a person has made the decision to shoplift and is about to conceal, they look like they're peeing in the pool. Every time. LP is all about body language. Or they're like me, and they're paranoid that they changed their mind about that thing they were going to buy, and put it back, but then picked it up again, and now everyone thinks I'm shoplifting, but I swear I'm not, and no, I do not need assistance, and I'm a normal average customer, just going about my casual business in your fine establishment. I don't want to go to prison. I won't make it in prison. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Shaking someone's hand can make you memorable. This is just something I've observed, so I'm not passing it off as a general truth. When I meet someone new in a casual setting, a friend of a friend, someone's co-worker, someone's family member, etc., a person who acknowledges your existence and makes their way over to shake your hand will have an immediate impact on me over someone who just smiles and nods or waves or whatever. I feel more comfortable with someone who makes the initiative to shake your hand for whatever the reasons may be. I'm much more likely to approach someone whose hand I've shaken to learn more about them at some point in the night. This very much goes in the business world as well. I know it's common knowledge to shake someone's hand when you meet them first time in a business setting, but if someone approaches you to shake your hand while they're leaving, they are far more memorable in my mind. It gives me a sense of belonging, knowing that someone thought about me in particular before leaving a place or setting and had to make their way over to let me know they're leaving. This also works with customer-client relationships. If a customer shakes my hand after a transaction is completed, I'll remember them and may give them some sort of incentives or discounts next time I see them. Americans love a firm handshake, but the same custom is not necessarily true in other countries. It can also be a male thing, with some men using a crushing handshake and holding it for a long time, making it a move of dominance. Lyndon Johnson used to hold the handshake and then grab the lapel of the other man's suit with his other hand, and then stand very close until he got the answer he wanted. Pediatrician here. Girls as young as 9 to 12 will start twirling or playing with their hair if they are attracted to someone. It's pretty adorable to see it develop. This doesn't have to be a romantic attraction, you weirdos. It can happen when they see someone doing something impressive, talking to someone important, etc. This behavior continues but can take on many different patterns, like pushing their hair forward. Some guys take this as a sign that the girl is covering up, but it's probably closer to, hey, look at my pretty hair. Take a look at the audience during The Voice or whatever country has got talent, etc. Look at the audience when a slightly cute boy sings decent or better. It's hilarious to watch. It's like a collective sploosh among the girls ranging from 12 to 32. Well, now I can't unread this ever, and now if I ever watch a show with a studio audience, the people I'm watching with are going to wonder why I burst out laughing when a good-looking man walks on stage and there is a camera shot to the audience. When one person grooms another during social interaction, oh, you've got some lint on your shoulder, let me just... She or he is being subconsciously affectionate to that other person and welcoming him or her into the pack. I mean family. Like monkeys picking each other's nits. I had a teacher that was a former cop. He pointed out that a person in a normal state of mind will swing their arms slightly while they move or walk. Angry people have a tendency to hold their arms at their sides and not move them. Always true? Maybe not. Often true? Sure. The same basic rule applies here, and also implies that you're trying to hide something. If your hands sit unmoving in your pocket, you're most likely angry but attempting to keep this hidden. Brooding, if you will. If they're swinging around in there, you're in a normal state of mind or attempting to hide the fact that you're publicly pleasuring yourself. But what if you just want to put your hands in there because you don't like flailing them around? Clearly, any attempt at comfort and ease is a sign of being angry. There's too many absolutes in this thread. 
I had purposely unbuttoned and tucked the flaps of my two breast pockets into the pockets before going out a few weeks back because I wanted to try the look. Anyway, while talking to a female friend, she reached over and fixed them. I thought it was rather endearing. I often fixed my boyfriend's sleeves when we were first going out. I still do, but I did it back then, too. And I kept apologizing, just like, Sorry, that was bugging me. It was all flipped up. And finally, after a handful of months, he said, No, he really likes it when I do that. I never understood why, but I guess it's probably for this reason. It's a welcoming feeling, I guess. Someone fixing you up to make sure you look nice. People who mimic your body language don't want to displease you. That's as close to universally true as these things go. You cross your arms, they cross their arms, that sort of thing. Nervous people often lick their lips and swallow. Liars often do too, as well as touch their mouth. But it can be delayed after the lie when they feel like they've got away with it. Like if you respond with, Oh, that makes sense. That's when they lick their lips. People falsely accused of lying generally have a stronger reaction than those caught in the lie. One-on-one, that sometimes comes out as the honest person confronts you face-on, while the liar turns a little away. It's more about the line of their hips and shoulders, not so much where they point their nose. I once read that if someone is accused of something they didn't do, they'll be more likely to use contractions in their speech. Something to do with being so comfortable with their own innocence that they speak informally. I didn't twist her arm. Truth. I did not twist her arm. Lie. Maybe bunk, but when applied to my children, I find it's fairly accurate. I did not have relations with that woman. If you're in a situation where you have to pretend to be surprised, keep your eyebrows raised for more than a second. That's a telltale sign. Genuinely surprised people will keep their face in that state for more than one second. I'm pretty sure you just made 10,000 people raise their eyebrows and pretend to be shocked at something, only to find that they looked ridiculous. I discovered this one on my own, although I probably wasn't the first. This works for girls and guys. When someone suddenly sees someone they find attractive, the first thing they usually do is fix their hair. They usually can't stop themselves. It's an instinctive thing, like, Oh, someone's hot, gotta look fly. So the next time you're walking about and someone fixes their hair right when they see you, they're attracted to you. Can confirm. I always do this when looking at the mirror. Wandering eyes in a shop. Not the determined kind, the thinking kind. They're looking for presents. This observation has become so spot on that I ask our customers, so who are you getting a gift for? And that always surprises them and breaks the ice. People looking to steal something have their eyes everywhere else besides what they're taking. Watching their body versus their eyes is a pretty good sign to customer service them into leaving. I remember saying to some kid that just pocketed some rare earth magnets at my store, hey man, those magnets are pretty cool, huh? He then rounded the corner and stuck them into a metal pole and walked out. I felt more proud of myself for stopping the theft more than the $2 it saved the store. Working in a bookshop, this was usually so obvious you could laugh. You'd get guys walk in, open a random fiction novel in the middle of the book, and start skimming through it like a magazine. But their eyes were never on the pages, they'd never even look at what they were reading. This is a cool switch. According to Amy Cuddy, changing your posture can change your mindset, and your mindset can change your behavior. So, say, sit in a submissive way for just a couple of minutes, and inexplicably, you're not as likely to make assertive positions. Now, changing to a powerful stance, and a couple of minutes later with no prompting, you feel like you're in charge. Assertive and comfortable with making high-power decisions, even when they're a gamble. Glance at their feet. If they're pointed towards you, they're engaged in your conversation. If they're pointed away, often toward an exit, they'd like to end the conversation. I use this at work all the time, and I notice myself doing it. If the person isn't breathing, you should run away because you've killed them in your fit of rage. Works every time. 
If you see a guy walking down the street and he awkwardly lifts one leg up higher than the other repeatedly, he's trying to peel his sack off his inner thigh without alerting whomever he is with. We mostly do this when we're with women or family. If we're around other guys, no fricks given. I wish my roommate would learn that me walking away from him into my room means it's the end of the gosh darn conversation. Stop bringing new crap up or starting a new story. Mother fricker will keep telling me new crap despite me having disappeared into my room. I don't even act interested. The dude just can't not talk. Someone mentioned body language clues being generally true but not universal. I suffer fairly bad anxiety in public spaces. I've been told by my friends that I look angry as I walk down the street. I've received looks from security staff in shops, maybe in my head because of the anxiety, etc., as I walk around the store looking shifty and darting my eyes everywhere until I settle down. I think I look everything but nervous. I'm sure most people have a more general character and you can assume body language for them, but a good 10% must have less typical personality traits that affect their body language. If someone hugs you and then pats you on the back simultaneously, they're uncomfortable with hugging you. If you're having a conversation with a girl and some guy just comes in and interrupts the conversation, don't stay. In fact, walk away. If the girl doesn't like that guy, she'll automatically come looking for you. People will always revert back to someone they trust or are interested in. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications. Put the playlist on in the background to finish listening to all the stories, linked at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Genius, give Am I the Jerk a shot, linked in the description too. Either way, thanks a lot for watching, and we'll see you guys next time.